All right. Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And uh, football to talk about this week and, of course, basketball to touch on. But, you know, I thought that you may think that there was something special that shook the world in, the, uh, in Michigan basketball. But I don't know. We, we might have something to rival that here with the show because our very own Blue Bro Craig was posted on by the Washington Post. Am I not mistaken? You are right. How about that? <laughs> yeah, wh- like, what is this? I-, I thought, like, you know, Jordan Poole was going to be the big topic, but I don't know, man. Cra- uh, Craig might be the bigger topic here. <laughs> well, you know, it was really weird because I was actually homesick that day. Um, and, you know, I'm sitting there and I just get this tweet in the morning, and it, it was a direct tweet, I guess, or a direct message from Washington Post just pretty much announcing that, hey, we use one of your tweets in our uh, one of our you know or the washington post used one of your tweets and i'm like wait what <laughs> went to check that check it out and yeah there it is so <laughs> yeah no which that was uh i can't remember it now offhand and i don't have it in front of me which what game was it about i can't remember well you know yeah obviously being sick i was able to watch quite a few of those games and you know a lot of them yeah a pretty amazing game. So it all came down to the wire overtime or from last shot. And it was the Xavier uh, game against Nevada. And um, I thought for sure that Xavier is going to take that game. And cause Nevada has been kind of playing this come be- from behind team. And sure enough, Xavier is losing it. And um, uh, they came down to the shot. Uh, one of their seniors had a wide open shot from the three point line. Uh, dead center and i uh, while observing and obviously the the great um having a dvr having a video recorder on your tv is always a great thing isn't it when you're in social media so i saw the shot and was kind of puzzled it was at a different angle but i saw it and i went wow that that shot didn't even come close to even hitting the rim in fact it oh was, yeah i remember that one now <laughs> it was like you couldn't get as wide open as that guy did. No one around him, three-point, uh, I believe, to tie it, uh, um, didn't even get close. So I just I videotaped it and said, you know, it's kind of sucked when you're senior and your last shot to win the game or to tie the game not only misses but doesn't even come close. <laughs> and, yeah. And, then, you know, I had, it was just a, maybe a eight-second video clip of it, and you can see it on the Washington Post, and yeah, they used it, and I thought that was kind of weird. And usually you get, you know, any kind of things go a little bit viral, and you and I have had tweets where we kind of say something, and it kind of gets legs, you know what I mean? And kind of takes legs, and then, you know, kind of goes viral a little bit. And one, um, you know, you get a retweet after that, and then it just kind of snowballs after that. But this one didn't get very many, but they – and I'm wondering if the Washington Post at that time was just searching for something, you know, that was a little bit different and not just a tweet. Maybe they were looking for something uh, a lot of people didn't have out there, and I think that's probably why they gravitated towards mine because mine did have the last second shot, and that shot wasn't really in very close, and it was by a senior, so – yeah, yours yours was one in a million, Craig. 
<laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. I mean, I'm somebody, I guess, right? Yeah. Well, congratulations. You're you're on your way somewhere, and we'll, we're just here left in the dust. So, I'm like, where's my money? <laughs> well, uh, we'll definitely be talking more about basketball because there's plenty to discuss with that. But uh, every week we do not fail to discuss football. And there has been um, some changes, some things that came up here in the past week, even though basketball has taken the forefront. Um, I'll go ahead and mention uh, a couple things here. Uh, I don't think that we mentioned this before. We talked about the uh, spring practices and things like that, but things officially get kicked off this Friday uh, for spring football practice. And then, of course, the spring game is April four, Saturday, April 14th. We did not mention, however, that it's a night game, so it's going to be at 7 p.m., and the gates open at 5. New information to me, I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but uh, they have a tentative starting time of 5.20 for the first episode of the Wolverine docuseries from the Amazon Prime video. Uh, for their 2017 season, that is set to start at 5.20 p.m. that night. So if you're going and you were thinking, oh, I'll be there at 7, you might want to show up a little bit early um, and maybe try to get a chance to watch that. I believe it's the All or Nothing. Yeah, that's the title, All or Nothing, yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah, it's quite interesting news to know that they're going to do that, but kind of cool. Yeah, so, it, if you haven't seen the preview or the trailer for it, it looks amazing. Yeah, it does. It gets you pumped and hyped, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. kind of. It looks like very Hollywood esque, man. Get you just fired up, ready for the season, man. Yeah, wow. and I, um, I've seen some people say different things about, oh, well, it's going to be great, or uh, other teams and other fans are going to use it as uh, trolling material, and I'm just kind of like. My my thought automatically goes to th- this is the this is the proving time, like this yeah. is this is the time because everything honestly since Harbaugh got here everything was going pretty yes yeah the record against rivals not that great and everything but two ten and three seasons back to back you know things are going pretty good good recruiting classes things are looking really good we were expecting a decent 2017 season and it, it fell quite short of that. So this is the proving time. And so it's just kind of another one of those things where if you can't if you can't stand the heat, then you might want to get out of the kitchen because it's just like it's put up or shut up and mm-hmm. you know, your your strength is not proven. A person's strength is not proven when things are easy and when when they're successful. Their strength is proven when they're facing adversity and going through obstacles. And that's exactly what's going on right now. Michigan Michigan has dealt with that for years, yes. But the first two years of Harbaugh being here, not as much. I mean, things were looking really good. Everybody was pumped up. Everybody was excited. Now it's back to that adversity. And so this is where the strength comes out because um, – this is their opportunity. I don't. I don't care what they say. I don't care what the rivals say or what anybody else says. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be great to see, and I think, uh, I think the content's going to be awesome. Yeah, I do too. I think it kind of gives you a realistic look at Michigan football and behind the scenes and all the really cool stuff be, that goes into it. But also, I think it really showcases where 
Jim Harbaugh and the coaching staff and like you said uh this kind of hunkering down I mean I, it, like we we mentioned we talked about you know Jim Harbaugh really hasn't been in the spotlight yeah I can you know obviously the trolls and and the rival people are going to look at this and say oh here's another uh Michigan thing fluffing themselves um and they haven't done anything but you know I actually think it show it might showcase exactly why Jim Harbaugh is Got a new approach to uh, this this year and this you know these past months. Looking at it and saying, you know what, this all this uh, media and getting out there and promoting Michigan. You know, I'll leave it to other people to do that. But me, I think he knows that he needs to hunker down, and this is the make and break season that you know that he needs to uh, coach better. I mean, you got to think about it. Jim Harbaugh. I even mentioned. Um, and quote him, you know, I'll quote him just saying that he didn't do a very good job at developing quarterbacks and the receivers and, and the offense. So, and I think uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to take that approach. I think he's very serious this year. Not that he wasn't before, but it just seems like he's more of like, I'm going to keep quiet and we're going to have to get this going. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. So uh, I'm going to enjoy it. Anybody yeah, else can, I, and I'm sure a lot of the fans will. So, Anybody else can say whatever they want, but, um, but yeah. And then other, um, some other news with Michigan football. Did you want to touch on the, uh, recruiting information, Craig, or? Well, we obviously got, um, talking about Cade McNamara, uh, quarterback, uh, committed to Michigan 2019 class, which is really cool. Um, I believe he's, uh, also a basketball guy. So, um, big, strong, uh, four-star quarterback out of Reno, Nevada. Um, uh, he's uh, he's number nine, I believe, in the country in the pro-style passing. So he he's he used to be he was committed to Notre Dame, which is really interesting. Committed to Notre Dame, decommits, then comes to Michigan. So that tells you uh, coaching. Yeah, I think Jim Harbaugh did a, a, a changing things around with the coaching staff and and um, did, helped get this kid to come to Michigan and I think it's really going to pay off. Uh, I think it's a great pickup from Michigan because he, uh, he also had offers from uh, Alabama and Georgia. So what's that say? That says a lot. Um, so to get this kid in here and, you know, to keep him, I think we're going to keep him. I think uh, we're talking about this, this kid drew 9,000 yards and 107 touchdowns in three seasons. That's crazy. Yeah. Who throws for 9,000 yards? I don't know if they ran the ball, but dang, man, that's a whole lot of throwing the ball. So that's a great pickup for Michigan uh, and, and and for Michigan's future. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And definitely um, going back to what you were saying, it is interesting to see that he decommitted from Notre Dame, uh, whatever the reasons were, I I've, haven't seen or heard any information about that. But, yeah, getting offers from Georgia and Alabama and things like that and then uh, deciding to go to Michigan, that obviously is awesome to pluck somebody out from that uh, group of scholarships, um, not just because of how those schools have been doing. I mean, we're talking about how well Georgia and Alabama did this year. But then uh, the rivalry school of Notre Dame, and just to kind of add to it and maybe make things even more interesting, considering how 2018 is going to begin 
with facing off against the Fighting Irish. So, how about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cool. I'm sure. I'm sure that will just be more bulletin more uh, board material for them. So, <laughs> yeah, yep. So it's a really good kickoff. But yeah, you're right. Uh, to get this kid. Uh, um, he also had uh, offers at Southern California and Tennessee and Wisconsin. So, all big big time schools, all uh, elite caliber colleges that wanted him. So um, that that was a great pickup for Michigan. So. Yeah, I I definitely agree, and we'll be watching that as we move forward. And so, hopefully, yep. uh, hopefully, he sticks around, and we see him uh, on the sideline and on the field in the future. So, uh, outside of that, um, that's most of the things going on with football. Uh, it's just going to be picking up here, like we said, with spring practice officially beginning Friday. Um, but we will be talking about basketball here for a little bit before we close. And we're hoping to be talking about basketball for the next several weeks because Michigan has made it out of the first weekend of March Madness and is out in L.A. right now uh, preparing yeah. for their matchup against Texas A&M. So yeah. uh, let's go back and talk about how they got here. Uh, so, Craig, wherever you want to pick up, I don't know if you want to talk about the first game at all or just kind of jump into the main topic of conversation, which would be the Houston game, obviously. So, Well, yeah, and, and most of the Michigan fans are going to agree with watching those games is is Michigan's there's, – there's, let's put it this way. There's two things at play here. You got – we're winning. We're, we made it, but also Michigan hasn't played their best ball, and that's the big thing. I think it, you, what you're really, what Michigan fans, what this basketball team's got to know is when we're playing good and great, we're almost we're almost impossible to beat. <laughs> it, it really it comes down to that because if you look at the field of uh, college basketball teams out there, there's not really one out there that stands out that's just dominating everybody. Yeah, you get your Villanovas and your things like that, but you know you had Virginia go down, which I had picked to win the whole whole entire thing, which was really dumb on my part. But um, Duke Duke could win it all. You know they were they weren't they're not at Duke level. And they're not playing all great, but they're winning. Um, obviously, North Carolina going down and those teams like that, Michigan State losing. Uh, so it's kind of open field. But then you got Michigan sitting there, and they're in the they're the high seat on the left hand side of the bracket, left because everybody's going down. And what a perfect time for Michigan to get hot. And this is the time where I look at this and those two games that Michigan played. The offense of it just struggled. Offensive side of our basketball just they struggled to score. In fact, I think the past we've relied on the end of these games to score. Our, our scoring has come at free throw line. You know, we try to draw the foul and we get to the free throw line. That's how we get our two points. And we're we're not really making any shots. And I really think it's going to come down to, especially against Texas A and M. Mo, Mo Wagner's been very silent, you know, and the kid's not been in this game at all. I don't know what's going on with him, but uh, I think Mo's going to have to step it up, and he's definitely going to have to step it up against Texas A&M, who looked like a juggernaut, <laughs> impressive beating North Carolina, and uh, to beat a team that Michigan lost to, 
Michigan lost to North Carolina, and then Texas A&M just manhandled them. It's going to be tough. So Michigan's going to have to get their offense going. The defense is there. The defense, you know, it's interesting, and sorry if I'm rambling, but Michigan's basketball team reminds me of Michigan's football team. We've won games by the defense, and our offense is sputtered. <laughs> and to watch these games is very frustrating because we couldn't hit anything. We couldn't make, you know, we're not passing well, and it seems like we're um, just sitting there on the outside of the three. We're not really moving the ball well, but um, the past two games have been very a defensive team uh, for wins, and we're still in it, so we just need to get this offense rolling, get a score. Yeah, no, that's that's a great comparison to bring up and uh, great thoughts to mention. Um, I think it worked out really well for them how this tournament started uh, as far as who they face and everything. And, yeah, Houston, um, I mean, I know everybody's kind of said their own d- different things, but Houston, from the eye test and from most of the stats, was the better team that night. They performed better. Michigan, like you were saying, was off offensively. They did a great job defensively to keep themselves in the game. And they were behind most of the game. I didn't see exactly a uh, a clock on how much they were behind and everything. But, I, I mean, it was one of those situations where I wouldn't necessarily feel, say felt like there was no hope, but you just felt down because you were like, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take something to get this. When I was watching that, I was just like, this is this is not feeling great. It's not like we're not going to do it, but they're not playing like they can do this right now. And uh, it took uh, something extra special there with that uh, last shot to be able to get the win. But, yeah, the, the defense is on, and I think that last shot could potentially be a spark. I know even though it's going to be – the long off period before their next game and everything, it might be that spark that kind of gets them going. They, they've been successful, and I'm not saying that this is the only reason why when they get really successful, but it's the attitude thing that we've talked about. And they didn't really have a lot of that attitude in the first two games. More from what I could see in the Houston game, especially there at the end, and that's like that that – I feel like lit the fire. And so if they can go into that Texas A&M game, I know a lot of people are kind of worried about it because of how Texas A&M handled North Carolina. But honestly, you know, I don't think North Carolina had a good night and I'd rather probably play Texas A&M after they had a game like that with North Carolina than if they didn't, because it's hard to repeat that. So I think, things are all right for Michigan going into that game. They definitely have to play good ball. So they, they can not, it, I'll put it this way. If they play essentially the way that they have the first two games against Texas A&M, they will not win. No, no, yeah, no, not really. And I think, well, you just, you get to a point where you're, you're, luck runs out. You can only run on defense so long. And, you know, like you said, in that Houston game, um, Heck, you had one guard. The man bun was <laughs> scoring on us. I mean, the guy would have, like, double teamed him, and he still was moving that ball and misdirecting, you know, and and assisting because uh, all the intention was on him. He knew it. Um, and he was dishing the ball off, and, <clears throat> and it really threw Michigan off quite a bit during that game, but uh, was able to hang in there. But, you know, 
what you need is that one player that just gives you that one spark. And, and if you think about the, the play that was drawn, I mean, it was just perfect timing and, and to get it in pool's hands. And most people say it's an ugly shot. Well, yeah, it was, but, if you think about it, his legs kicking out, he's done that in high school. And so that's um, a shot. That's a shot. And you know, people go, why does he shoot like that? And I go, well, you have to remember is I think he does that. He's trying to draw the foul too. So he thinks that, you know, if he misses it and he can get his leg up and then, you know, one of the guy players hits it or something, it's a foul and he can go to the free throw line. So I think that's why he does that makes sense. But yeah, from the angle we saw from behind, it was a very ugly shot, but, uh, how about just, you know, there's one thing to get a shot like that. And Michigan's been on the losing end of those kind of, you know, in the past, and obviously the Trey Burke one against Kansas was amazing, but, um, um, yeah, Michigan is on the, always seems to be on the back end of those when the other team makes a shot and they make it and we are the losers. But yeah, it's always great to see Michigan get one of those once in a while. So, um, but you know what, here, here I was on the couch, wasn't moving, watching the game thinking, uh, this game might be pretty much over. And, you know, I didn't move. I didn't really cheer much cause I didn't feel good. It was about what time that game like like midnight. Oh man, it was late. <laughs> I know. So I'm watching this game and I'm like, man, you're, you're, I have a cold, I'm sick, and I'm sitting there, and that shot goes down, and my son's in the same room, and I literally popped up off the couch and, scram- and was screaming when I was sick, and my wife just walks in, and she goes, what are you screaming? I go, I go nothing, I'm done. It was a real quick scream, but I was done, and I almost, you know, I almost threw up, but not feeling good, but I had to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and she came in, she goes, you woke me up, and I'm like thinking, uh, I'm in deep trouble <laughs> tomorrow for her, with her. But then again, I went, nah, I don't care. That was awesome. <laughs> I'll play the sick card. I'm all good. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, for me. You'll it know was... you were. It's one of those shots you'll know where you were at that time. Oh, yeah. Well, for me, it's kind of funny and interesting. I don't know if you saw it, but I posted the video. Um, I, a little side nerd note here. I, um, if anyone's familiar, well, a lot of people, more people are familiar with it now, but if anybody's familiar with what Twitch is, the streaming um, right. site and everything, I was actually streaming during the second half, um, and uh, I paused it and left it running, which actually records what you're doing, and I, I totally didn't even think of it. And so I'm sitting there, and so I, I stopped it. I'm watching the game on my tablet. And it, uh, the shot went in, and of course, yeah, I freaked out. I I tweeted out there and everything. Uh, I, fortunately, I was in the basement. I didn't wake anybody up or bother anybody. But yeah, I just and I remember where I was with the Kansas shot with Trey Burke. Uh, we were living in a small apartment and everything, and I was actually trying to put my daughter to sleep at the time, and I was holding her because she was a baby, and I was just like, I was freaking out. However, I could like basically like waving my head around because I couldn't really like jump up and down or like move a whole lot because I was holding her as she was trying to fall asleep. So I remember that one too, but yeah, that, that was an amazing one. I've got two questions here. Okay. And I don't know if uh, it'd be kind of interesting because I know you did a little bit with uh, on Twitter, but uh, kind of a, maybe a little different context here. Okay. So which one do you think was more impressive though? The Trey Burke shot to send overtime for the Kansas game 
which I can't. Was that the Sweet Sixteen game or was that the Elite Eight game? No. Um. Yes. I think that was the. Wasn't it that? Uh, I think it was in the final. Uh, I'll have to look. I'll, I'll try to look that up real quick. So, but real quick, which was more impressive, Trey Burke's shot or Jordan Poole's shot? Like, what? What? Wow. What would you just say? Kind of right now was the bigger, more impressive shot. Well, it's interesting to bring up that because I did do a poll and to kind of piggyback off that question, you know, the poll I ran was the same one. And Trey Burke shot won 55% of the vote to Jordan Poole's 45%. So what tells you um, that either people living in the moment or, you know, they both were interesting. I'm going to pick, wow, they seem to be at the same level, but I'm going to pick the one only, I'm going to pick the Jordan pool one only because of the very fact that it looked like it was much more contested at the time and it just looked like an ugly shot yeah. <laughs> and then it went in and they really lit if you think about it michigan wasn't playing all well whatsoever in fact they couldn't hit really any balls like i was talking to you before all their scoring points it seemed like in the past minutes were at the free throw line and they couldn't hit anything from afar mo wagner was absent and then you make a shot from that far out, and it's right, the perfect, and perfectly uh, laid out there. And and Jordan Poole's reaction afterwards is just priceless. So I almost kind of give a little bit of edge to him, even though uh, Burks was highly impressive. I just think it was kind of ugly. There was a guy in his face, and he let it rip. So. Oh, yeah. No, no. I got to give you the... I'll give you the jackpot on that because you're thinking exactly what I was because the two very different feeling games. Michigan in 2013 was in that Kansas game. I think they were down quite often to Kansas in that game as well, but they were competing. Like Michigan, you know, you felt good. I felt good in that game. When when, uh, Trey Burke took that shot, I was just like, oh, you know, this could be it. I was already I was already ready for it, and you're right. He wasn't contested as much. I, it was a super deep three, though, too. Um, but that was the thing: is that you felt like we can do this. When it was the Houston game with Jordan Poole, is I feel like a bunch of people were like, "This is over." Yeah, this is over. There's like almost no hope. This is more of a miracle or anything. And also, Poole was not playing like Burke was in that Kansas game. No. Uh, Poole was, uh, gosh, let me even see. I think I have the stats uh, here. Yeah, Poole had 11 minutes, and he had eight points. So, I mean, it's not like he was doing anything impressive. And uh, he went out there, and he made that shot, and it was the very end of, like, it was the closing seconds. The buzzer went off, too. So that that also, I think, kind of gives it a bump because when Burke made that shot, there was, I think, four seconds left, and Kansas went down to try to, um, make it or win it before it went into overtime. So I definitely would uh, agree with you in saying I give it more to pool the pool shot than the Burke. Not saying that, you know, screw the other one, but just like I feel like pool shot was more impressive. But now I wasn't sure with your Twitter question if mm-hmm. this is what you were putting out there. And uh, so I'll pose this question to you. 
if you had to have someone take a last second shot mm. for like the next game, like coming up or whatever, would you rather have Trey Burke or Jordan Poole? I yeah. thought that's how you were kind of phrasing that maybe. What right? That's what the quick Twitter question was. If you, yeah, if you wanted to take the last shot, I'd probably take Trey Burke, um, just because experience and he's doing really well in the NBA. But, uh, but yeah, he was pretty much a fantastic point guard for us. So, um, but yeah, I'd probably have Burke when, you know. Uh, yeah, well, that's the interesting about that poll question. It can go either way. Either you want them to take, you know, which one would you take the last shot, or which one you thought was more impressive. So yeah, but, yeah, but. that that's what I was kind of torn about because then I would also, like you're saying, switch. If you're saying who would you want to take the last shot, I would go with Trey Burke for the exact same reason, more experience and different things like that. Not to say, I mean, for crying out loud, Jordan Poole's a freshman. So he, I mean, yeah. he could be phenomenal next year or two years down the road or whatever. So yeah. um, that could change. But kind of where things were, like at the time, it's I would just say Trey Burke over Jordan Poole. But yeah, yeah very a great point. I loved your point by saying I didn't even think about that. Is you saying most Michigan fans watching that game against Houston was more more than likely saying, you know, you got to pass the ball in, you got to get it in, get somebody open, do a couple more passes and get somebody open. And it's really tough when you had, I think they were doing man to man. And, um, you didn't expect, um, that shot to get off. And in fact, um, you know, if they would have just thrown, I thought somebody maybe was just going to strong arm it and throw it up and hopefully it went in. Um, but yeah, and if it didn't, we wouldn't have been surprised. But the Burke shot was—he was open. It was a real long three, like you said, and it, like you said, I even thought, man, if he can get his legs under him, if he can get a good jump shot on that, it's going to go in. It could—I go, mean, it's got a possibility of going in. And this one, it seemed like it did. It was impossible to go in, and yeah. it did. So. Yeah, and, and that was the thing, too, with having more time on the clock, too. Like, you didn't know if Burke was going to – you knew he was going to shoot it, but you didn't know if he was going to shoot it right then and everything uh, because he still had a little bit of time on the clock. So there was kind of like that cushion feeling, you know. But with Poole, it was just like, this is it. You know, that that's it. You're, you're, you are you're got to get rid of it now. This is end-all, be-all, get it out of your hands, say a prayer when it goes up. So, yeah. No, all right. Yeah, no, that that was uh, fantastic, a ton of fun. And uh, I was even commenting, you know, and, and you, you said it so yourself, and I, uh, we were not the only ones to say this either. A lot of people were saying it, is that Michigan's usually on the losing end of things like that. And, yeah, there. Um, what was it? There was the Northwestern game yeah. um, that they threw yeah. it yeah. all the way down and got a layup and some stuff like that. So, yeah, it's just – you don't get a lot of experiences like that. Now, of course, I mean, like, there are games then that you just wind up winning by a larger margin and things like that. That can be exciting. But, yeah, those last-second things where you need luck on – because it was luck. I mean, like, just, like, getting that off in time and everything, there was luck involved. Right. And usually when there's luck involved, it seems like Michigan just doesn't have it. So. <laughs> right. You're right. And, you know, tomorrow the Michigan plays the Texas A&M Aggies at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Um, 
And I would expect Michigan to go to a more of a zone defense against uh, the Aggies because it causes them a little bit more trouble. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, when if you can get Texas A&M to kind of like uh, force them to throw, uh, take shots outside on the perimeter, uh, they seem to struggle. So we, we want to uh, try to force them to shoot from the outside if we could. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be – I think I think you're going to see a different Michigan team. I think uh, I think I think John Beeline knows that this team won't be able to go as far as they can with this offense the way they're playing. But uh, he knows that, and he's he's a smart coach. Yeah, yeah, he's been doing a fantastic job, and he no matter how rough the rear the how rough the year looks. This time of year, he always seems to be able to pull it together and have something positive come from it. So, um, yeah, things... yeah, it's going out, and which is makes our makes it a little bit more interesting <laughs> for us because there you got you know who they call Izzo Mister March, and then it's starting to look like Beeline's more Mister March than Izzo. So, yeah. but, which was surprising that they lost too, but uh, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, every year, you know, me living here in East Lansing, you know, you get the Spartan fans. You always have have they every year they pick them to win it all. Every bracket they show me, I always go, really. Even if their team isn't that great, they still have them winning it all. And I'm like, well, you guys are loyal. I have to give you that. But you know, I'm a more realistic fan. Did I have Michigan win it all? No, <laughs> I didn't. You know, but I had them going pretty far, and so. Uh, I'd like to be shocked. You know what I mean? I like that. I like to have that shocked feel. If Michigan wins the whole entire thing for me to go, you know what? This is awesome. Yeah. And, and I'm, sh- I'm shocked, but I'm also just, you know, gleeful. And this is, this is great. So. Yeah. Well, for me, I ha- I put down, like I filled out a ton of brackets, but there's always that one. That's like the, the bracket. And for that one, I put Michigan winning it because not so much from – I know Michigan can do it. Yeah. It's not so much from my thought that they will do it. It's more from the fact that – and I think I even said it last week or maybe it was the week before – that this year I feel like it's anybody's year. Like there's not that one team. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so that was part of my reasoning behind that. But, uh, yeah, you, you just brought up – and I don't know. We're not going to spend a lot of time – on it, but uh, there's definitely stuff that can be said with what happened to Michigan State and some of the nonsense that has gone on with that. And uh, I, I don't even I don't want to really dive into it, but I do feel that something at least needs to be said because and now of course. I don't know every Michigan fan out there, and I, I say this about football, I say this about basketball, I say this about anything, that the larger your fan base is, you're always going to wind up having some idiots. So I know that there's some people out there who don't necessarily give Michigan the best reputation. Right. But, oh, yeah. but I know that not all Michigan fans come in contact with those. And so when Michigan fans are throwing a hissy fit, or Michigan State fans, I'm sorry, I don't know if I said that. When Michigan State fans are throwing a hissy fit about anything being said to them and about anything going on, they have got to be the thinnest-skinned individuals (laughs) 
that walk this planet because they can dish it out all they want. And that's this is this is how my approach has been. Like I've the major years that I have been a Michigan fan, like like been in it, consumed in it, all about it and everything, the major years that I have been in uh Michigan fan has have been the bad years. It hasn't been good. And right. I wouldn't necessarily say I've gone around uh talking smack and everything. Like there are certain people I'll talk to and everything like that. But it's just like you know, I, I know where we're at and it's just like I I accept it and I stick with it and I'm I'm loyal and I'm and I'm waiting. But if you're gonna sit there and you're gonna do all the talking you want whenever you want, because you guys did good, that's fine. But then when you're on the losing end of it and you feel like all of a sudden you're the victim or I don't know if victim would be the right word, but it's unfair or something or being unreasonable. Yeah. You're just being pathetic. And I even put the tweet out there and everything. It's just like during football season, if something goes wrong, you guys are like, wait until basketball season. If something goes wrong during basketball season, then you guys brag about football. <laughs> when it happens, and I'm saying this because I know that some of them listen and everything, so congratulations, thanks for hanging out. Um, just eat your crow and shut up and go home. Yeah, because you can't you can't complain about it. If you can dish it and you think that's completely fine, just shut up and go. Like we're having fun with it, we're having a good time. Guess what? You've had a good time too. Deal with it and go. You know, you're absolutely right. And you know what? You and I have always said this is you'll never find us ever. Let's say let's take uh, Ohio State, for example. You'll never see me trolling during a OSU win against Michigan, say last year, after the football game, talking about how much they suck at basketball. <laughs> good point. Good point. I'm not going to do it. In fact, I'm not trolling any Ohio State football after a football game when they beat us again. Am I going to troll them? Because why? It, because right then and there, I'm like, there's no need to because guess what? The, you won. We have to eat crow. We're going to have to live with it. And you know what? There's no re- need to do that. And yet you're right. Here I am beefing up on Michigan and I'm getting MSU people pissed off at me because of the very fact is talking about football. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys are just changing the narratives because you do well in football against us. And we doing we're doing better in basketball and yet they're trying so hard to flip it. But yet here we are, they get mad at us talking about the history. You know, you guys, all you talk about is history and the past history. And, and yet here they are going, well, how about your football team? I'm like, well, I'm not, we're not even talking about football. We're in the, in the dance, man. And you guys are still talking about football. It, 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 like you said, it's just to watch it. Even Ohio state fan you know, trolling me is just hilarious. I just sit there and go, man, you guys are out. Just swallow your crow and say, you know what? We're just going to have to wait till football season. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and no, that was very good to point out because some people were just like, oh, yeah, well, what about your football program? Because that's that's your bigger program, and you guys are bad at that. And it's just like turn around, and it's just like basketball is your program. You guys say it every year. And <laughs> right. what you, look at the right. the crap that you put out this year and how terrible it was. Well, the, uh, some of the dumb things, though, it's just like, like I was saying, it's just so stupid because 
some of the things, and I'm not going to really even go in and mention like who who were saying these things, but even sports journalists and everything, like turning on the defensive side where it's just like this is unnecessary, this is out of control, you know this these disputes and the things that fans say, and I'm I'm not quoting it per se, but a, generalizing what they said, and no one on either side had anything to do with their team winning or losing, and um. Uh, just just garbage with that and it's just like but when you guys win you guys yeah. have no problem saying it right but then when the tables are turned all of a sudden people aren't playing fair and being nice and thinking about your feelings right so right. if if you have if you're a sensitive person and are sensitive with your feelings First of all, you probably shouldn't be on social media, but <laughs> definitely if you're uh, with, pertaining to sports, stay off of social media. Yeah, because <laughs> you're that's just that's just dumb. It's just take that's what sports is for over a hundred years. Sports have been around. Well, sports have been around. I mean, centuries. Different kinds of sports. Yeah. So fans have always uh, been going at each other. That was another thing that they were going on. Like, oh, it's unnecessary. Some of the stuff and different things like that. This has always been going on. There's nothing new with it. It's just the fact that you're on the opposite end of it. Right. Right. Exactly. There's just no way in heck you and I are going to troll somebody who, whose team just, let's say Ohio State was winning and we lost. And I'm not going to troll them. Why would I do that? I'm not going to say much about that. I'll go, they're doing it. We didn't. <laughs> and, yeah, they, yeah, like you said, it's pretty un, un, unbelievable to watch this and read it and, you know, I've had to block a few because they just get out of hand, you know, and they like to grab others. They're kind of like the walk up in a, to a fight <laughs> and then they call their their relatives to come along because they can't really fight on their own. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they tag other people to get in on this fight. And I'm like, oh, Lord, you guys are a piece of work. So it's like high school. <laughs> so, yeah. Or, you know, what? a lot of them like to like. They they just looking for you to respond back, and when you don't, I say that probably drives them more nuts. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw some with a Houston fan or something like that where they were just like trying to draw people out. Oh, it's yeah. just like ninety nine out of hundred times that's just what they're looking for. They just want some kind of response and acknowledgement. So, well, and then when you get a Houston coach that says, you know, we we're the better team, you know, and you know, what do you say about that? It's just well. Yeah, we you and I said they played better, but you didn't win. And yeah, the game's forty minutes long, and you didn't play at the last second. You blew it there. Yeah, so. that, that, no, that's one of those things where it's just like we were the better team tonight, but you just didn't finish it. I mean, it's not like it's not one of those things where it's just like we were the better team, and because of bad officiating, we got screwed. Well, yeah, you're right. I'm like you. You were the better team all game, but you weren't the better team for three point seven seconds. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. Yeah, talk to me after you play Ohio State in football, and then talk to me about bad games right. and officiating and right. screwing you out of a win. Um, so, anyways, uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's that. The game, the official tip-off time, and of course, it's probably going to change because it's a late time, yeah. and they always shift because of the games beforehand. But it's at seven thirty-seven p.m. And so Michigan is ranked third, as everyone's probably well aware, and Texas A.M. is coming in as the seventh seed. So, 
Yeah, gonna have to stop them. They got, uh, you know, they they got a good team. There, I think they got like three juniors on the team, so uh, they they experience. So, yeah, let's do this real quick. Uh, kind of curious and everything. Okay. Uh, ooh, crap, lost it. Okay, um, who's gonna win, Loyola, Illinois, or Nevada? Oh man, I'm gonna say Nevada. I think they just. They're on a streak, so yeah, I think so too. I think it's gonna be tough for Low Low Oil Low Holy crap, uh, to keep going. So yeah, um, what a cool story that is, man. Yeah, that'd be cool if they did though. Uh, right. Here's an interesting one: Kansas State, Kentucky. Oh yeah, um, <clears throat> that <clears throat> that's an interesting one because the very fact is Kansas State is the one of those dark horse teams that I really didn't even think about, but they could win that. But you know what? Kentucky is winning their games and won the SEC uh, championship game. And remember this Kentucky team, they're all freshmen, all of them. Uh, He's starting all freshmen and they're incredibly talented freshmen, but they might be clicking at the right time. So I'm going to give it to Kentucky on that. Uh, Too many. They're too big. They got really big guys. Yeah, it's tough to say. I'd probably lean Kentucky on that one. I feel like that might be one of the closest ones. But, I mean, all the well, all these aren't really that easy to call. But uh, Florida State plays Gonzaga. Oh, man. Gonzaga didn't play all that well. I know. They didn't. I'm going to give it to Florida State. I think Gonzaga, you're right. Gonzaga didn't play very well. They struggled uh, score. Um, but, yeah, I'll give it to Florida State on that. And so whoever wins that game is who Michigan will wind up playing. Uh, I think Gonzaga might do it, but I don't know. I mean, they're going to have to kind of be like Michigan and turn around their performance because if they keep playing like they did, I don't think they'll be able to beat Florida State. Uh, Clemson is playing Kansas. Wow. This is the one. Remember, Clemson. If anybody even remotely, if you saw the score of the Clemson-Auburn game, you'd think it was a typo or something's wrong. It was it was like almost a forty point game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kidding you not. It was not even close. It was like the football team, <laughs> it's like a, you know, like scoring a bo- bunch of points. It's crazy. Um, but Clemson and Kansas. You know what? Remember when I said I'm not gonna I'm gonna put, give it to Clemson. I just remember, man. I told you, Bill Self just disappoints me every year. Kansas. Seems to drop an egg in one of these games, but uh, yeah, they keep they're keeping these games a little bit too close. I'm going to give it to Clemson. They're playing really well. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Clemson too because uh, I was saying if a number one was going to lose, it was going to be Kansas to 16 seed. I was wrong about that, but I think uh, I don't think Clemson's going to destroy them like they did Auburn. But I right. I agree with you where Cle- Kansas just always finds seems to find a way to lose. So. Um, West Virginia is playing Villanova. Mm, yeah, Villanova on that. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, Texas Tech is playing Purdue. Mm, wow, that's a good. That's gonna be a great game. Yeah, I mean, that's a two and a three. <coughs> Purdue did lose their big man. Yeah, Haas is out. So, um, Texas Tech's playing really well, man. For you know, pretty amazing. So I'm going to still give a little bit of edge of Purdue, but uh, that'll be a really good game. 
Yeah, I think yeah. I'm going to go Texas Tech partially because of that injury, but uh, I had them winning it in one of my brackets, so winning the oh, whole thing. Oh. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Now, the biggest spread, but one of the most unique matchups then for this last game here is 11 Syracuse and number two Duke. Wow, yeah. Two legendary coaches. I think it's either Cincinnati or Syracuse. I'm not sure. Um, either I'm, I'm going to say one of those teams, Cincinnati's out, but uh, I think Syracuse or Cincinnati, one of those teams got, uh, they're, they're the biggest college basketball team as far as height. So I think they're the shortest guy, six foot six. Um, I don't know if it's on Cincinnati or it's Syracuse, but, uh, but yeah, um, I'm going to give it to Duke. So, yeah, I, I mean, Syracuse barely snuck in. Yeah. Um, if it was almost anybody else, I would think that they could get to the elite eight, but Duke is Duke and they play pretty strong. So I think, and Syracuse has an extra game under their belt. So who knows how that's going to be affecting them. Didn't bother them in their last game though. And they uh, finished that one out, but yeah. So, yep, those are the games between Thursday and Friday. So, should be should be fun. Should be interesting. Michigan again, seven thirty-seven. Texas A&M. We'll finish there. Um, I've already kept um, kind of kept Craig longer than anticipated because Craig is still. We didn't record earlier this week because Craig wasn't feeling well. He's still kind of recovering, so I wanted to keep it shorter. And we're right around fifty minutes, but uh, we will end there. If you guys want to uh, get in contact with us, we're on Twitter at Blue Bros underscore and then Caleb or underscore Craig. If by email, it's Blue Brothers Sportscast at gmail dot com, uh, and then our. Fan favorite, which actually hasn't been um, used for a little while, but it's kind of like in the weird limbo stage of the year. But we do have the voicemail if you guys ever want to call and leave a message. That's 551-258-3276. Easy to remember. It's 551-BLUE-BRO. So, uh, Craig, anything else here before we get going? No, just... Let's uh, go get them. Uh, let's win this game. It'll be great to see you. So um, thanks, everybody, for uh, thinking about me and being sick. But, uh, yeah, um, it, am I on the road to recovery? Well, yeah, you, uh, you, do, you do good in keeping your jello, okay, man? <laughs> well. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, uh, so we hope you guys have uh, fun, good weekend, enjoy the game. And if you're actually going to the game, we're definitely super jealous. But uh, we're all excited here for what the basketball team is doing, and we'll finish things off with Go Blue. Go Blue.